Welcome to the Advocate Like a Mother podcast. I'm Michelle Sullivan. We are here to educate, empower, and inspire you to be the best advocate for your child. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is part two of our topic about abuse in the disability community. Uh, Last time on episode eight, we talked about abuse in a special needs classroom. And today we'll be discussing hate from internet trolls hurtful comments, and backhanded compliments from friends and strangers. Our guest today is Natalie Weaver. Natalie is a healthcare advocate and founder of Sophia's Voice. So the last two episodes um, have been pretty heavy compared to past episodes. Uh, They for sure aren't as lighthearted and fun. Um, You know, as hard as it is to listen to Casey and her son's story or Natalie and her daughter's story, we can't ignore what's happening. When I first started this podcast, I wanted to highlight moms who are advocating and making a difference. And I'm starting to realize that advocacy comes in all shapes and sizes and colors. Sometimes advocating is going to be fun and other times it's going to be messy. And a lot of the times it's going to be really hard and it's going to be hard not only to do, but also to think about and talk about, but it's all important work. I was recently a guest on the Loma podcast. Loma stands for Land of Milk and Honey. And the host, Kim, she asked me what style of advocate I was. And it took me a minute to, you know, kind of think about um, my answer. Um, But I ended up saying that I was an easygoing advocate because I don't see myself as powerful. And, you know, I really started thinking about this question and and I love it. Um, I think, you know, everyone should ask themselves what type of advocate they are. Um, You know, the way I advocate is going to look different than the way Natalie advocates or how you advocate, and that's okay. So whether you post pictures of your child on social media to spread awareness about the rare diagnosis, or you get your city to build an amazing inclusive playground, or you fight Twitter and get them to change their policies, or you stand on Capitol Hill and ask senators to make changes. Uh, No matter what you do as an advocate for your child, your voice is vital. You're making a difference. Don't forget that. So as hard as today's topic is, stick around. Ashley. Hey, Michelle. How you doing? Good. How about you? <laughs> Good. So today we're talking about Natalie. Internet, yeah, Natalie and then internet trolls and And bullying. even strangers in person because I feel like a lot of people say a lot of passive things in person. Yes. And it's just kind of mind-blowing that things come out of people's mouths. But we're here to talk about it and we're here to open up this conversation yes. because I feel like this is something that needs to be talked about. It definitely does. Yes. Um, I've always kind of taken a very, you know, passive role. Um, I've been pretty lucky. We don't get too many comments same you know on littlest warrior um i usually catch them pretty fast correct and it's usually you know i'll go on and i'll go on their account of course they're usually a junior higher right and i'm not shocked no. i'm like okay of course and so i delete their comment and i block them and i move on that's exactly how i kind of play my role on my social media too we haven't had too many comments um with writer it mostly happens when I post a non-shirt photo I get the comments like oh my gosh are those implants or 
Just what? weird things, just not nice things. What in the world? So, yes. Um, I choose sometimes to educate people because genuinely I feel like people are curious and sometimes maybe their question um, doesn't come off as kindly as they wish that it would I feel like it's okay to have questions and it's okay to be curious because I feel like we all have questions like I want to know too but there's a way to ask things without being inappropriate or saying inappropriate things about somebody else yeah you can definitely tell the people that are genuinely curious yes you know next to someone who's just being cruel or just being yeah rude for the day right and I don't understand why but I do feel like this is a big issue on the internet yeah definitely and then also in person like you know we haven't had too much in you know like out in public I mean, right. we definitely get stares oh my gosh the stares the jaw drops the comments of oh my gosh your hands are so full but I'm not gonna open the door for you <laughs> people that have said is what that I to do you love. no they they don't say the end part of like okay. I'm not gonna open the door <laughs> like, but I mean you see me that I have a wheelchair in one hand I'm carrying pulling a cart in the other hand and you your comment to me is your hands are so full you can't buy. offer to open the door wow. I mean to me that's very passive because I'm well aware that my hands are full would right. you like to offer a hand to help right one thing I noticed that's like so weird to think about but um when I was pregnant with Eli mm-hmm. everywhere I went people would open the door for me right and then as soon as I have a baby in a carrier that right. weighs you know a thousand pounds yes. and I got my diaper bag and everything like <laughs> yes. they just kind of look at me like, and then move on right you know, I'm like I had both hands free when I, I was pregnant right. <laughs> I know I never hands get that free. right <laughs> I know I know so crazy well, it's that, so hurtful is what yes, it comes down no, to no it's definitely it's so hurtful because our kids are listening regardless if oh, they yeah. can communicate back they are listening to these words oh, yeah. and these words are hurtful to them regardless of what the response is oh yeah definitely I mean at least like you know on the internet we can shield them from those comments They're right not, and block them and pretend right. like it never happened right. and not have to tell them right but, but in person they're listening right they hear that and you, you know? can't just cover their ears because right. unfortunately this is the cruel world that we live in yeah and we're just trying to help change the conversation yes. on maybe just thinking about what you say before right. you say it right it's not a hard concept. It's not. <laughs> Sometimes it is for me, but you know, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning and we just learn as we go and we just try to do better because we know better. Right. That's what it comes right. down to. One thing that um, also I just remembered that I've heard, you know, in, on Lion is um, we, so we had um, a prenatal diagnosis mm-hmm. with Eli. Right. And so I've had some people reach out well, they, I guess didn't reach out, but like comments right. that said, you know, bringing a child into the world that you know has a disability and needs surgery, that's so irresponsible. And it's just like, what on earth? Like, what do you do with that? Like, I don't even, how do you even respond to that? Because yeah. it's just not, I just feel like it's not our call to make that call. Right. Our children are born to us the way that they are and it's not our call to change them or make the change you know if they need surgeries or if they need therapy or if they need um a hearing aid we're gonna support them and we're gonna work hard and help them thrive in this environment it's not our choice to say like you know yeah it's so crazy I mean when you think about it it's almost like I mean, there's so many things that people need surgery for. Right. You know, Every like, single day. They get in a car accident. Right. You know, are, are people going to say, well, you shouldn't have been in that car. Right. Or you need LASIK because you can't see. Well, it's right. not your fault. You're born with eyes that were blind. Right. Yeah. 
It's craziness. It is crazy. So that gets us to our guest today, uh, Natalie Weaver. Um, she has a daughter named Sophia, and she has a visible um, facial difference. And I just want to um, read you guys some of the things that um, people have said to her um, on the internet. And um, if you guys aren't comfortable with hate speech, I suggest fast forwarding um, maybe like 30 seconds just because this could, you know, this is disturbing stuff, what I'm about to read. And um, it physically makes me ill when I read these things. And, you know, it it's a bummer that we have to, you know, see this type of stuff, but this is the world that we live in. And, and I feel like we need to bring a light yeah, to this world. That, definitely that need that to bring need a light change. to this. No, we definitely need a change. We need to open people's eyes that the things that they say um, are so incredibly hurtful and, you know, it, it's not okay. And it's just not appropriate. <laughs> no. Okay. So, um, I'm going to read a couple of the things that, um, were tweeted to Natalie. So if you're sensitive to hearing, um, verbal abuse, uh, towards a child with a disability, uh, make sure you go ahead and, um, fast forward at least 30 seconds. Your child is one hideous monster. You should have ended the pregnancy for sure. You just want attention. This child is creepy AF. No one wants to see that in public. Your daughter is a nasty ass piece of SHIT monster that needs to be removed from this planet. She will live a miserable life and be a burden on the family and society. Civilization does not run on feels. She looks like that clown from American Horror Story, LOL. And here's just a few of the comments from Instagram. Pick up Sophia and throw her in the fire. Drown her. Kill it before it breeds. So we will be right back with Natalie after a word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, I wanted to come on and tell you guys about a nonprofit organization called Delivering Fancy. Delivering Fancy was started by Katie Rice, an adoptive mama who understands the struggle of all things special needs. Delivering Fancy creates care packages for moms who have a child with special needs. These boxes are packaged with amazing gifts. Some items are generously donated by business owners and companies. The boxes are valued around $150 each. The boxes are chosen for moms who have been nominated by their peers. To nominate a mom or to donate, please visit DeliveringFancy.com. Hey, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're seriously so excited to have you on our podcast yes. today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your kids? Sure. Um, my name is Natalie Weaver. I live in North Carolina and I have three kids. Sophia is 10, Alex is 8, and Lila is 5 years old. Sometimes it takes me a while to remember those ages. <laughs> Sophia is my oldest, and uh, she is disabled, and she was born with facial deformities, and uh, she has a lot of uh, medical issues, and uh, she's also the most amazing and strongest human being I've ever met. That's awesome. So what are some of her diagnoses? Well, uh, she has something called Rett syndrome. It's a neurological disorder that um, you begin to develop typically. And around two years old, you lose all ability. So you're unable to walk, talk, um, do things for yourself. It causes seizures, breathing issues, tremors, um, so many, so many other issues. And she needs around-the-clock care. That's one thing. She has type 1 diabetes. 
she has a rare immune deficiency that only six people in the world have. Wow. And by the way, her, her uh, mutation, the RET gene, it's MECP2 gene, and she has a mutation that has never been documented before. My girl cannot be like anyone else. <laughs> she is incredible. Yeah. yeah, and then she also was born with facial deformities, hand and foot deformities, and she looks like no one else in this world. So she truly is one of one a of kind. A kind. Yes. Yeah. She's had 29 surgeries wow. to... Wow. It's internal stuff to decrease pain, um, improve function, and quality of life. So how old was she when she had her first surgery? She was nine days old. Wow. Uh, a little, little squish. Yeah. How yeah. long was she in the NICU for? She was in the NICU for a month. Okay. Not too bad. Yeah. No. No. She's, she surprises us all. It's she's a pretty, little fighter. <laughs> so she really is. So I've, for... I've learned that. <laughs> yes. So for Rett syndrome, um, that's primarily in girls. Is that correct? It is. Um, some boys can get it, um, and typically they do not survive. Oh, wow. Wow. So the, did that come as a complete shock to you guys at two? Yeah. So we really thought in the beginning, because all of her tests came back uh, normal. Wow. Uh, all of and so we thought we would just have to deal with and adapt to the uh, deformities. Mm -hmm. And so at two years old, she began having some neurological issues and also the fever for five months. And that's oh, when we wow. found the immune deficiency and that she was having seizures. And it wasn't until she was five years old, just because of all of the issues that she had, um, that we realized or found out that she had Rett syndrome. So... Um, we had already experienced kind of that loss, um, you know, of, of her being able to do itsy bitsy spider or say some words, um, sitting up and those types mm. of things. And so we kind of already mourned that loss. But when we found out, you know, it, it revealed other issues that she was going to face and, you know, an increase for sudden death and all of those things. So it was it was really, really hard to um, get that news. Um, but answers are always good. Mourning the loss of the child that you once have, I can relate to you on this topic so much because Ryder sat up and he did Itsy Bitsy Spider and he fed himself and he walked and then he had his surgery and then he became completely disabled and lost all those functions. He couldn't hold his head up. He couldn't look at mm -hmm. us. And it really gives you a perspective of really embracing and cherishing every single second with your child, regardless if they can sit up or not. It's just, it really opens your heart and your mind to a lot of things that I feel like we didn't necessarily knew um, existed before. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a completely different human being because yes. of her. Um, and I've learned so much and living right. in the moment, how important that is and cherishing just everything. Mm -hmm. even cherishing them crying like because there's parents yeah. out there that would do anything to hear their child cry one time so that's exactly. why I always try to keep my perspective in place is I know some days it's so overwhelming and it's so hard and you just like how can I continue on like how am I even fit yeah. to do this but mm -hmm. then they have this strength and this determination about them that just continues to help push us to continue to do better for them exactly right and and when the when I'm in those hard moments what I say is I'm here caring for her and she's the one who's actually going through the hardest moments and look at her once it subsides, she's right. smiling and laughing. So how like can nothing. I hold on to that? It doesn't so even bother them. I know. I know. So strong. And we're over here crying every day about it. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. Look at her, you know, I so know. I've, I've, gone. I've got to 
cherish every moment, move on. This, this moment was hard. Now it's, now it's subsided. Let's, let's focus on that. And even in the hard moments, you can learn the most amazing things that you would never learn if we didn't get to go through these experiences with our children. Exactly right. So Natalie, you are an incredible advocate. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about kind of what, you know, the steps that happened, you know, to get you to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. So, so I've been doing this for three years now, um, almost three years. And before I began to publicly advocate, I was very private. Um, I was hidden because Sophia has severe facial deformities. I would take her out and the world was cruel to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, People were cruel. They would discriminate against us. They would ignore us. And um, I kept trying to to build myself up just to take her to the store, only to be knocked down again. And so I just decided I can't, I can't keep doing this. Can you Um, give us an example of like what, what you experienced like in a grocery store? You know, just, just whispers, stares, Mm. people asking ignorant questions, calling her names or, you know, your first pumpkin patch experience. We were excited and and um, taking pictures and, you know, after the stairs and the whispers and you see the person checking out the kids in front of you and, and she's laughing with them and here, do you want stickers? And the moment we walk up, complete silence, she mm. wouldn't even look in the eye. Um, my husband took a sticker anyway. Oh, gosh. Um, but, you know, just, just things like that. And, and it was constant. Um, you couldn't go anywhere anymore without experiencing discomfort um, or cruelty and, and ignorance. So, I hid away for the first seven years wow. of his life. The that pain, must have been so isolating for you. It was. And, and I have a lot of family and, um, you know, friends. And in that sense, I, I had people around me, but not that many. Um, but the pain was so much that it brought me to my knees and it would put me in a depressed state for <sighs> days and weeks. And, and I just I feel like I can't I can't keep doing this. So let's have a wonderful, happy life at home. We don't need the world. No. Um, and so um, we have private insurance and a great income. We're very lucky, but we rely on a program called uh, CAPC in North Carolina. It's home and community-based services through Medicaid. And so your child qualifies for it based on disabilities, not the parent's income. And it covers the many costs that private insurance doesn't. And, um, you know, with, without it, our family would be devastated financially, and so um, there was a point in North Carolina where they were going to decrease these services wow. by a percent. And this provides in-home nursing. Um, this allows me to take my other kids out because Sophie is medically fragile. She has an immune deficiency. I can't. So moments of normalcy and also so we can sleep at night. So right. she has to have 24-7 care. So I found out uh, that they had already made the plans. They've already decided they were going to reduce services by up to 70%. That is insane. And it was that kind of moment of truth where I could do nothing or I could fight. And before this, I've been a fierce advocate for Sophia privately with insurance companies. Right. And I would fight and get her everything she needed. And um, there was this side of me that would come out when I was advocating for her. And I was like, I wish I could be like this in my everyday life. Um, But I was a people pleaser, anxious, and, you know, just, it just wasn't me in everyday life. So at this moment, I had the opportunity to share our story on the news. And I knew our story was more extreme, and it would bring a lot of attention. So 
I made the decision to do it. And um, I joined two other moms. And within six weeks, we stopped our state from decreasing services. Wow. And, that is incredible. Yeah. Girl. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. We, yeah. We formed an organization called Advocates for Medically Fragile Kids in C. And we continue to work with our state to ensure um, the thousands of medically complex kids in North Carolina are receiving the services that they need and the changes that they're proposing aren't harmful. And so we actively do that. I read that about you on Google and that you go around and help <laughs> and tell others. It's incredible. You really yeah. are a powerhouse. So yeah. And, and so we did that. And then I realized, okay, I'm not going to die from the hate. So I got on my... <laughs> I'm not going to die. I can do this. And so it kind of gave me experience and strength. And then I also realized, hey, I can give a TV interview. That's right. strong. I never knew I could. And and so the national health care fight began. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know what? We need to talk about the impact this could have on children like mine. And so I'm going to do it. And so I took to social media and shared, you know, interviews and, and did everything I could. Mm-hmm. And there was another moment of truth. Yes. Someone asked me, um, amazing organization, Moms Rising, if I would go to D.C., speak with U.S. senators behind me at a press conference wow. um, on Capitol Hill. And I said, I'm me? not a writer. <laughs> I'm not a speaker. I've never written a speech. I've never given a speech. I don't know if I can do it. So uh, two days later, I'm on a plane to D.C. Yes, girl, you can do it because you got that daughter behind you pushing you to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And so I got up to the podium, 30 people in front of me, cameramen, photographers, five U.S. senators standing behind me. And I felt so comfortable up there. I felt at home and I gave my speech and I'm like, I can do this as well. And um, so now awesome. this media picked it up and it went viral. And from there, everything kind of took off and the opportunities came. Also, hate, death yes. threats. Oh um, That's really scary. Yeah. And just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew I would get some mean comments, but I never knew it would be as vile as it was. And um, do you know who of- was behind the death threats? Um. Some I knew, uh, some were just anonymous trolls. Some people actually use their real identity, um, police involved. And, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was shocking to, to be going through it. The more attention I got, the more hate I would get, but also more love I would get. And I have to say, and times stronger, um, than, than the hate ever is. Right. That's so true. So how do you keep your positive mindset in this world where all these trolls and hate just want to, um, cover you? I mean, how do you keep your mindset in the positive state that like, I'm doing this for the right reasons? And Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough. Um, you know, I think it depends on my state of mind in the moment whether it's going to bother me or not, Mm -hmm. if I'm in a healthy place and I have to make it a priority to stay balanced and and do my self-care routine with Mm -hmm. meditation, all those things. But it does slowly build up. There's no way that someone calling your child a monster or telling you to kill your child is not going to bother you. Right. Or it doesn't hurt you deep down inside it. it, Those comments hurt regardless if it's a fake Mm -hmm. account or not. That really hurts. Yeah. And, and so I just try to focus on the love and I'm not always successful. Sometimes I lash out and, Mm -hmm. you know, which probably leads me to, you know, one of my biggest, um, fights, um, during this healthcare fight, you Mm -hmm. know, I realized that my fight needs to be more than about healthcare and it needs to be 
to encourage acceptance and inclusion yes. and mm-hmm. profound disabilities yeah, and right. deformities. And so someone used Sophia's image to promote eugenics, um, basically, you know, kill all disabled children oh before they aren't. Um, that's when I fought back and I said, I'm not taking this anymore. No. And uh, when I said the other thing went viral, this thing went really viral throughout the entire world for about three months long of different stories coming out and people writing about you through your social media, never even talking to you. Um, reporters making up lies. What kind of things were they uh, saying? Well, just different news outlets were using the story and, you know, creating facts that, well, they weren't facts. They were creating lies to fit into their narrative Mm -hmm. to cause more division politically because Mm -hmm. I was in the political world. And so, you know, I'd have to reach out to them and say, if you do not take this down, I will also expose you. Um, so I was in a fight for about three months, anxiety, all of those things. Um, you know, just, just fighting back and saying, I'm not going to take this. And, um, you know, more followers came and, and I like to call them my community and, yeah. and people supporting us from countries around the world. And, and from there, just, you know, being out there saying yes to every opportunity to give an interview, mm-hmm. uh, giving glimpses into our lives. Um, we just did the discovery channel, um, a show on the Discovery Channel and and just taking every opportunity I can to say, you know what, look at my child. She may make you uncomfortable because she looks different, but understand that discomfort. Move beyond it. She's a child. But she you wants know? to feel loved just like any other child wants to feel, regardless of how she looks. And that's all I'm, we want as parents is just for yeah. our children to feel like they fit in. Yes, exactly right. It, it just it's it's mind boggling that people, you know, have such hatred uh, towards people with disabilities or facial differences. Mm-hmm. It really so is. Sad. It's really sad. It makes me sad for our world because we really need to change that mm-hmm. conversation. We need to change that thought that people yeah. have that every mm-hmm. single person is different. Every single person. Yeah. That's the beauty of our world. Regardless if we have a disability or not, we're all different. So we all need to embrace each other's differentness and learn to yeah. love what is lovable about every single person. That's exactly right. It's it's 2019 and I can't believe we're still fighting these for basic human right. rights. I know. It's and love and which lead to the other bigger symptoms of fighting for health care. Right. right. You know, rights and and all of those things it's It's time to for everyone to get on board yes yes it's definitely time so tell us about what happened with twitter um and so you had had you know a lot of hate and then Mm -hmm. someone pointed out to you that on their reporting form the disability was not part of you know when you go on to like report something Mm -hmm. so tell us about that yeah so it it all ties into the um person who used sophia's image to promote eugenics Twitter came back at first and said, this is not a violation. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> this is a violation, and I'm going to uh, make sure you find it in violation. And so my uh, community around me gathered, and, and they, you know, fought back. And I think it going, you know, completely viral is what, you know, made them take it down finally. Unfortunately, it took that. Um, but it's sad my- that we have to go to those lengths. yeah. I know it's a fight so hard. Um, my friend who's also an activist, um, she said, Natalie, there isn't even a place to report hate speech toward the disability community. And you would see race, gender, religion, um, 
sexual orientation, um, but disability was not even included. It's in their policy, but not in their reporting tool. So how can I report hate towards my disabled child if it's not in the reporting tool right. and if there is a proper place to report it? So I spent three months campaigning and going on the news and fighting for them to include it. And, and so three months later, they finally um, reached out to me and said, we, you know, have taken your advice and, and we have included disability. So there's a proper place to wow. report. That's incredible. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, it doesn't solve all the problems. No. That's just start. And I'm right. still trying to get them to, um, you know, hire and work with activists who are disabled so that mm-hmm. they can teach them how to recognize yes, right. that. Yes. I don't think typical people understand it. Pe- Typical people are shocked that people, you know, throw hate our way. Right. And I'm like, no, every day this is this is how it is in society every right. day for with disabilities and and facial deformities. So I did that, and now I'm trying to get Instagram to do something because their reporting tool is absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, I've been ignored after thousands of notifications that they've received. But wow. I'll keep trying. And that's, that's what I do. I don't take no for an answer and I go at things. I'm going to change this. So that's amazing. You're a powerhouse. You really are. (laughs) And she's never going to take no for an answer. She's not going to back down. (laughs) And then, so what about other platforms? So what about Facebook? Are they doing it right? (laughs) You know, they they have a proper place to report. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, but, but still, you know, uh, I think Facebook bought Instagram. Right. So, <laughs> right. Out so it's time. <laughs> yeah. They need to, they need to change. They need to make yeah, a change. I, they really do. Cause Instagram really has do. a huge community for our, us, for yes. the special needs. And I just feel mm-hmm. like we need to be seen. We need to be heard. And we don't need to make this a fight where moms are just yep. going through it tirelessly. Like we have so many other things to fight about and to worry about our children's yeah. care and quality of life. We don't need to be fighting about these things. These things should just yeah. happen. It's no, and, and, and some people's solutions don't post. So oh my goodness. people think, no. oh, nope. because you have a <laughs> child. Uh, yeah, yeah, because. <laughs> Able child, you don't have the rights that typical people do, and and if we followed that rule, only probably white men would be posting. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. so isn't that the truth? Yeah, so I'm I'm just fighting, you know, so that we can all do the same things, yes. and all of the social media sites have a responsibility. I mean, they're companies that make money to step up and fight back against cyberbullying and right. harassment. Yes. I think there's a link between increased suicide because oh of it. Goodness, and, of and I really want to continue to push them. Um, I think about me, like how hard it can hit me sometimes to get hate. And I've got a huge community that will fight alongside me. Yes. And uh, there are so many people who don't have that. And that's who I worry about. And that's uh, one of the reasons I try to continue to fight it. Love that. So tell us a little bit about Sophia's voice. Yes. Um, so during all of this madness <laughs> that I deal with, um, people would reach out to me and ask for help. And there was a mother in Peru who said, I need that piece of equipment your daughter has for mm-hmm. my daughter. And there's no way I could ever receive it. And so I reached out to my community and raised enough money to be able to send her that piece of equipment. And so in my mind, I said, oh, I have this community, I can create an organization and they will help me help so many people. And it really was one of the most uh, 
amazing things that I felt that I could do. And I love doing more than anything else that I do is helping others. And um, so far, I've helped over three dozen people. It's just me uh, running Sophia's Voice. And I've provided medical equipment, medical supplies. I've paid medical bills, um, also provided uh, respite to caregivers and, and joy and just fun things for activists who are fighting for disability rights and, you know, just showing my appreciation for that. And Not so like you don't have I, enough on your plate, Natalie, but that is incredible. I am just mind blown by this. Uh, it's just, wow, yeah. you really yeah. do support and help the community. And I feel like that's the ultimate goal yeah. for all of us here is we all need to have that community where we feel supported and we feel like we can reach out and yeah. help people because that's the best feeling. It, it really is. And this last hospital stay with Sophia, mm-hmm. she had a really horrible response to surgery and and I'm laying there and, and uh, someone's reaching out and, and I'm calling a pharmacy to pay for someone's medication. Wow. And I'm thinking, helping others while I'm going through hard times helps me get through it. Yes. And it's feel like I found myself in, in helping others. And, um, you know, I, I love to be able to do it and to, to have the type of platform that you can do it. And, you know, you should use your platform for good when you, you have built one. And that's yes. what I want to do. Yes. And I love that. I love that you use the platform for so many good things. It's just very Thank appreciative you. through the community, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So is Sophia's Voice a nonprofit? It is. Yes. That's great. So besides Sophia, what is the drive on your mission to change the disability conversation? I know you just said that it makes you feel so good helping other people, but what continues you on this drive besides your sweet little girl? Yeah. And, you know, it was always Sophia and my passion and my advocating was for her. But the moment um, I put my own pain and fears aside Mm -hmm. and realized helping other people was more important, that took my passion to to new heights. And I think about the mothers and parents who are so overwhelmed and they don't have the type of support that they need at home um, or the people who are hiding away because they've been beaten down by society for so long. And I think about them and I think about what they're going through and in moments where I've been through the same and I feel lucky Um, that I have the ability and the resources to speak out. And that's what drives me. Uh, Drives me more than anything else is that I'm doing it for other people who cannot do it themselves. That's awesome. And then what about, um, what about your other kids? Like how, you know, obviously they're watching and they're seeing, you know, what an amazing mom they have and, you Mm -hmm. know, how you're advocating for their sister. Um, Have they, you know, said anything like, but what they want to be when they grow up or anything like that. Yeah. yeah they, well, they complain because I <laughs> work too much. I went from a stay-at-home mom, complete stay-at-home mom three years ago to working sometimes from five in the morning till midnight, you yeah, know, when wow. it was a fight. Yeah. Um, so they complain. My eight-year-old manipulates me that way. <laughs> but no, they're, they are amazing. They want to get involved. They love being um, in the interviews or a TV show that we do. Um, they love helping Sophia and, uh, you know, with medical stuff and yes. I've never asked them to, they want to learn. That's awesome. And one morning it was a Saturday morning and they were sitting with their fake laptops and telling me we really need to create organizations, mom. And I thought, okay, what organizations <laughs> are you going to create? And it was all surrounding helping other people 
and giving them water and food and Mm. medical supplies and gate trainers. (laughs) And in that moment, you know, because I worry so, so much about harming them by working so much or, Mm -hmm. you know, focusing on things related to Sophia. And in that moment, I knew that my influence on them was bigger and and better than I had realized. Yes. And you're teaching them so much more than I feel like you actually realize that you're teaching them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel guilty and I feel like a bad mom, Of course, but really I think they are seeing, you know, the impact that I'm having on people's lives. And I share, you know, all of what I do and, and they are proud of me and they've told me, um, yeah. Such a good feeling. And I, and that's amazing because you should be proud of yourself as well. Thank you. I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's hard. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So um, what's the best way for people to find you? What's your website? Uh, yeah, you can just go to natalieweaver.com um, and, and find me there or social media. And now it's it's funny. I can just say, hey, Google me. <laughs> I, I actually so did Google many. you. <laughs> and there's so many articles that come up on you, on you. I was reading so many. I was like, oh, my gosh, this mom is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, so out of all the articles know that only 5% these people have reached out and actually interviewed me. (laughs) (laughs) Stories about me. Um, I'll always know when somebody has written a story because I'll get a influx of, of people reaching out to me and I'm like, Oh no, who has written about me now? (laughs) Uh, But normally it's, it's really great things, but yeah. So social media, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, Twitter is my main platform. Um, and I've been on Instagram for five months now, but uh, I'm enjoying that. So, yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you and Love we're so proud you of you. On, and you inspire us yes. so much. You Such inspire us to look beyond, you know, the rude things that people say and the hateful things. Because sometimes I feel like that really discourages you and makes you not want to share. And it makes you want to go hide in a box. But isolation is just not the way to go when you need community. And we all need community. No, it's so depressing and it's sad and it makes you feel Mm -hmm. sad for yourself. And we don't need to feel that way. We need to help empower other people and we need to make the change. Yes, exactly right. I'll I'll never go back to the person I was. And I've always been kind of a loner anyway. Yeah. But with my advocacy, I not only, you know, am helping others, I grew as a human being and becoming who I am truly meant to be and who I have felt inside, but was afraid to, to become and afraid, you know, to, to become a new person, I guess. It is scary because you just don't know. And I feel like sometimes we don't know what our purpose is until our purpose is right in front of us. And then we just learn that this is our purpose and we're changing with it. And we continue Mm -hmm. to change because we're always learning new things and other people are educating us. And it's just amazing to see the growth and actually find yourself because I feel like once you have kids, regardless of whatever kind of child disability, anything, you just find your purpose Mm -hmm. and you find yourself and then you can really start to grow. And it's never too late to find yourself. It's I was not. 36. I found myself. So, <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> There's hope out there. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> I know. We lose ourselves in these children, but. Yeah. Yeah. We have to find ourselves too. And I feel like that's important. Yeah. Really important. All right. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you. I thank really you. appreciate it. Nice to meet you. It was so nice <laughs> to talk to you. you. Have a great day. All right. Okay. Have a great afternoon. Thank, thank you. Bye. 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 When she's not hosting Advocate Like a Mother podcast, Michelle Sullivan also owns Littlest Warrior Apparel. 
Littlest Warrior was inspired by her son Eli. Eli has had several procedures including open heart surgery during his first year of life. Eli also happens to have Down syndrome. After his heart surgery, she was looking to connect with other moms who have kids with special needs and she thought t-shirts would be a fun way to interact. She started designing tees and Littlest Warrior was born and quickly grew. She loves that her tees are conversation starters and that's a great way to spread awareness. Shop now and use your voice with Littlest Warrior apparel at littlestwarrior.com. Don't forget to grab your Advocate Like a Mother tee and use the promo code ADVOCATE at checkout for a 10% discount today. Thanks for shopping. Wow, that was awesome. She is so incredible. Yeah. She really inspires me on so many levels. Yeah. I just about advocate, you know, I know. badass advocate. I know. When people say I'm a super mom, like, how about you look at her? <laughs> Seriously, she's making some big changes. Right. And big changes that I feel like are necessary to definitely. make. Um, I definitely feel like uh, we should talk about the fact that there is room and um, a positive way to educate our friends right. and our family and strangers around us. And I feel like uh, with that conversation, we can make changes that maybe people aren't aware that they might be hurting our feelings right. or maybe saying something a little bit passive that we don't feel comfortable with. I feel like there's so much room for um, conversation and to help educate everybody because I'm learning as I go too. I'm not perfect either. You know, I'm just, I'm learning as I go. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a way to, you know, kindly tell people that, yes. Hey, that's not okay to say that. Right. You know, and, and that hurts my feelings right. and here's why. Right. And I feel like people are more understanding, um, in that way when we explain to them, like, this is why it's bothering me versus just ignoring it or maybe letting it bottle up inside of you. And then yeah. you're feeling all these certain things. It's just, it's better for us to talk about these things and explain why they hurt us and right. then other people can understand yeah. where we're coming from. Yeah. You know? I also do feel like there's a room and space to fight for certain things right. and clap back on certain things that we need to not be so passive with. Yeah. Um, I mean, look what Natalie's fight, you know, ended up turning into. I like, know. She fought Twitter. Huge. And, yeah. It's incredible. I know. Next, she's going to fight Instagram. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. I love it. Like, it's yeah. huge. And honestly, those are things that I didn't even know existed or even needed to exist. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are just things that I just didn't think of. But somebody like her who has this huge platform that's using it right. for this amazing, amazing Thing to change the community it's right. just great that's one thing I love that she talked about was um, how she kind of found strength in her community yes I love that and so how much. reaching out to, to your community can really make that huge yeah, difference sometimes it's numbers. just that leap of faith that you know maybe you don't feel comfortable but once you take that leap of faith and see how many people are willing to be there to support you right. when you educate and show them like this is why I'm doing this it's incredible and it makes you feel really good yeah definitely and you know it's so easy in our community to feel alone it is you know? and isolated and like yeah. nobody understands and I feel sorry for myself because right. I'm there a lot of days and a lot of times and it's hard to get out of that mindset but when you see amazing things like the community coming together to ship that equipment to prove like that yeah. I'm sure makes her feel so good inside like right. screw everything else like this is what it's all about this is, is helping each other yeah yes because certain things you know we've been through certain things and maybe other people haven't and that's where we come together and enrich each other to become our best selves right right definitely 
All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, you guys. Um, we have a Patreon account, and we actually opened a store. On, on the, the website yeah. with stickers and mugs and all the fun advocate like mother things that you all want. Yeah. And then don't forget to subscribe and to leave us a review. And thanks for joining us today, friends. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.